We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Hagelin here, host of the Get the Discharge podcast. I want to thank you first and foremost for tuning in and supporting our show. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is underway and unfortunately coming to a close, but you can still draft a new fantasy team each week on Underdog Fantasy to win cash prizes. Through their mobile app and user-friendly site, you can join the league and draft a team within minutes. Plus, the folks at Underdog are going to help you get started with a deposit match of up to $100 in bonus cash when you sign up and make your first deposit with the promo code CHARGED. Again, that's free money up to $100 in bonus bonus cash excuse me if you use the promo code charge that's c-h-a-r-g-e-d so just visit underdogfantasy.com the app store or the google play store and sign up with the code charged at underdog again that's up to 100 in bonus cash so go take advantage of that and thanks for tuning in and here's the show Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Really excited about this episode to preview the Chargers' upcoming matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. Joining me to do that are my guys Tyler and Alex. We got Bib, big Trey Pipkins fan and Dan Oronsky. Uh, we'll start with Dan, a.k.a. Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. It's been raining all day, so I've just kind of stayed inside and you know played with my wiener. Wiener dog. <laughs> Sorry, I'm four. Start, starting off strong tonight. Um, <laughs> this is how you know it's a Tuesday show. We're not prepared. We normally go on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different this week. A little bit different. Uh, Alex, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. I am back to the usual 2 a.m. on Thursday delirium uh, that we enjoyed during the Steelers game. So... I guess we're going to nice. be enjoying that this week, hopefully after Chargers win, because uh, I might have to, you know, pop an Anvil PM if we lose this game. So uh, hopefully they don't. Yeah, you're popping Anvil PMs. I'm popping cough drops. I have bronchitis. So, oh, I cannot stop. And Tyler's coughing. playing with his wiener. <laughs> yeah, I'm popping something else right now, apparently. <laughs> 
Oh, oh we're on fire. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Good stuff today. So uh like last week, we unfortunately have to start uh talking about the COVID situation surrounding the Chargers. Uh, because this is uh, obviously the biggest storyline of the week. So uh, for those who, what is gone? What is G-A-N-G? G-A-N-J. Uh, that's a term for weed, Stephen. Oh, yeah. I have never smoked weed in my entire life. Never had a sip of alcohol. So uh, that is wrong. Um, all right. So unfortunately, you have to start talking about COVID uh, with the Chargers today. Scott Questenberry is still on the list. Keenan Allen has been activated, which is good. Uh, but obviously the big one uh, is Rashawn Slater and Chris Jones, both of which are on the COVID list for the Chargers and the Chiefs. So, uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, initial thoughts here with uh, those two players on uh, the COVID list today. Uh, well, I mean, it was fun to go into Monday and I was feeling mon- Monday like, oh, you know what? I might be the optimistic one. I might pick the Chargers over the Chiefs, you know? Like, I don't know. At that time, it felt like it was going to be maybe a 50-55% chance of a Chargers win, and then then they put Rashawn Slater on the COVID list. Um, And then I was thinking, well, they could, you know, play around with other line configurations. Maybe they put Filer somewhere, put Norton on the other side, and then they were like, no, we're putting Trey Pipkins there. And I'm like, all right, good talk, everyone. (laughs) So, yeah, um, can the Chargers still win this game with Trey Pipkins? Yes, because they have a top five quarterback and his name is Justin Herbert. I mean, like, that's that's the reality of the situation. He will win you games that you're not supposed to win. Um, that being said, uh, I do not feel too confident in this team with Trey Pipkins blocking. At the same time, I do think Chris Jones is a big loss for the Chiefs, um, you know, particularly how he can affect the interior and – I mean, they may be in a better position now to have uh, someone like Matt Filer help out Trey Pipkins or have Corey Lindsley kind of facilitate the line a little better because they're not going to be playing against uh, Chris Jones. So I do think it is worse for the Chargers than it is for the Chiefs um, just because Rashawn Slater, I mean, A, plays the more important position and B, has kind of been the person holding this whole line together um, considering what's happened with the other parts of it. So I wouldn't feel as bad if they still had Abushi and if they still had Blaga and, and sort of the optimal line that we went into. But the fact that they already kind of have really two spots on the line that are liabilities and now they're adding a third for at least this game, that is the concerning thing. Um, and it goes back to what we talked about in the preseason with the fact that they didn't really have a lot of depth on that offensive line. And now you're playing Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins in a game for the division. Uh, so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not the end of the world. They can still theoretically win this game, but it, it's, it, it's not great. Yeah. Like you, I was, I mean, even just Sunday night, we're thinking, okay, you know, things look pretty good, big win. They could win on Thursday. I still think they can win on Thursday, depending on how some things shake out. But at that time, you know, Slater, or we wake up on Monday and Slater goes to the reserve COVID list. And then we didn't know about Allen quite yet. We still don't know really about James quite yet. And, you know, Eckler, we think is fine, but, you know, you really don't know. And for him to be out in the, in the second half or so, the first of the Giants game, it's still concerning. But I think things are trending more positive. Um, as Staley likes to stay, say, and 
hopefully not referring to COVID. Um, you know, losing Slater. I mean, at least if you lose Lindsley, you have Questenberry. Going from Slater to Pipkins feels like a worst case scenario. And I know people are trying to, you know, they say you know, be optimistic about Pipkins, but I don't really know how you can at this point. Um, I'd love for him to do well. Totally. Like if they win and Trey Pipkins is awesome. Great. I just don't have faith in a guy who gave up nine pressures and three sacks in the preseason to guys. I couldn't name who may not be on the team anymore for the respective teams that they, that he faced. So, you know, it's rough, but them losing Jones is a, is a big deal. I actually honestly think them losing Jones is a bigger deal than the chargers losing Slater. Uh, I just think they don't have a ton. Like I feel like they can sort of manage a game plan ish with the offensive line that they have. It's going to be like the Eagles game, but I think they can sort of make that work. Whereas Jones wrecks the game for the chiefs. And I don't, I really think that defense is generally just kind of overrated and that team just give the chiefs an opportunity to score more. They'll throw dumb passes. I mean, watching you know Bridgewater try to play against the chiefs was awful. He was terrible that game, just giving the chiefs opportunities or, or missing passes. So not having a guy who's, you know, been amazing since Ingram joined the team, not having him is, is a big deal for the Chiefs. And so I think it's a nice little balance. Like when we first lost Slater and they only lost Josh Gordon, it's like, that's not even <laughs> kind of the same thing. But then being out, you know, potentially one of their corners as well, and Jones, and then we lose Slater, that's, it's manageable. I guess it's the NFL and it's the season that they're in, the, the pandemic that they're in the last two seasons, just got to deal with it. Yeah, you, you just have to deal with it. And that's the unfortunate reality. And for those saying in the chat, yes, Rashawn Slater is vaccinated. There is still a chance that he can play. Uh, same goes for Chris Jones, I believe. But just based off of the timing of this game, you know, it, it seems very unlikely that we see both of or either of these players frequently play in this game. If there's if this were a Sunday game or as Ma- as Alex kind of suggested on Twitter, moving this game to Monday night and doing a double Monday night, uh, a double header on Monday night then yeah, you probably see them play. But because this is a Thursday night game, I'd be pretty shocked, to be honest, if either of these players uh, played in this one. To Tyler's point, Chris Jones does lead the league in pressures since they traded for for Melvin Ingram. Of course, we kind of... Gosh. Well, I was just going to say, while Stephen's coughing, uh, if Chris Jones or Rashawn Slater do play and COVID uh, exits their body within a period of 48 hours, I think that we need to build the statue for Rashawn Slater's immune system next to our already (laughs) existing statue of Andre Roberts. Yes, absolutely. Um, As I was saying before, I I couldn't stop coughing. Uh, Chris Jones leads the league in pressures since they traded for Melvin Ingram. So they have moved him back inside and he's been a game wrecker and, you know, Melvin Ingram has just given them so many more options. So I don't know if I would say he's a bigger loss than Rashawn Slater. The drop off for Rashawn Slater to Trey Pipkins is definitely more significant than going from Chris Jones to Jaron Reed or whoever they have on the defense tackle position for sure. Um, but it just sucks, right? Like, cause you want to see these two teams, playing for the AFC West, playing for this huge matchup and being able to play at their best. Unfortunately, we will not be uh, able to see that. I promise I'm not getting emotional. I'm just trying not to cough. Uh, if it does sound like I'm getting emotional, of course. Trey Pipkins isn't that bad, man. <laughs> Granted, Rashawn Slater is just that good. So, you know, it, it is kind of an emotional thing to uh, 
not have Rashawn Slater in this game. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see how these teams uh, kind of combat that uh, reality of this situation. And I'm hoping that nothing happens in between now and then. We still have another day for something to happen. I guess something happened on Thursday, too. I think the Rams on Sunday got the news that they had three or four players out on the COVID list or whatever it was. So hoping this is it, hoping the team can just prepare as is and that nothing else happens. Crossing my fingers because, I mean, we are one more player lost, like another lineman. If Matt Fowler's out and it's Pipkins, yeah. Calamete, Lindsley, Schofield, Norton, like, give Lindsley a raise. You know, and it is a good sign that uh, the Chargers did not have any additional players added mm-hmm. to the COVID list today. Um, you know, as reality, reality Chick points out, the Rams have nine players on the COVID list. The Browns have eight. So COVID is really surging through the NFL, unfortunately, at this time. Um, and it's just going to be something that every team has to deal with. <laughs> I'm just a mess today. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay, Steven. So is the offensive line. When the offensive <laughs> line goes, you go. Yeah, very true. I think you've been sick since Calamete. I mistaken. have. The timeline is perfect. <laughs> it's just a mess, man. Is, is Calamete one of the new COVID variants? <laughs> it sounds like a Greek letter. Sure. Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, Calamete. Yeah, sure. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, as much as people comment in the chat, they'd rather have me out there. Uh, I'm not blocking <laughs> opening or <you> guys. <laughs> I had two knee surgeries when I was a freshman in college and that kind of sapped me. So uh, I'm done playing football. So uh, let's get to some of the other bigger storylines that we're paying attention to in this one. Uh, Tyler, why don't you start us off uh, talking about the big storyline that you're, you are paying attention to this week? I mean, all eyes on Justin Herbert this week. You know, last week he becomes the first player in NFL history to have 30 touchdowns in each of his first two seasons. Now this week he has a chance to break the record for most passing yards by a player in their first two seasons if he can throw for 314, which is possible, and he'd pass Andrew Luck there. Uh, He has a chance to sweep the Chiefs, which they have not done since 2013, and they only did that because the Chiefs sat their starters, and it still took an overtime win for them to beat Niles Davis and Chase Daniel. So if they win this game, they're likely winning the division, which they've never done in the Telesco era. And if you win, you really signal that there's potentially a new king of the AFC West. And you make it really clear that this team is ready to go all in next year. Like You would remove all doubt if you sweep the Chiefs. You go in for sure next year. Not that they weren't anyway, but it's a clear as day signal that your quarterback is ready and you need to go all in next year. You know, Herbert's throwing deep now. His yards per attempt is higher than it was last year. His EPA per play through week 14 at this point is 72% higher than it was last year. You know, for like for reference, for example, Matthew Stafford went from the Lions to the Rams and McVay, and his EPA per play increased 34%. So Herbert jumping 72% is incredible. He's on a great pace right now. So if he has if he has a great day and pulls out a win, he will be top three, in my opinion, for MVP, MVP voting. If he's not already, but like if he wins, he will have secured that spot and potentially maybe even top two. And some I'm, I'm sure for some people, a favorite as well, um, particularly if Slater is out or if Eckler is limited. So it's the biggest game of his entire life up until this point, I think. And he has an opportunity to shine, break some records, and really carry this team into a whole new era. Yeah, um, I mean, this is the most important Chargers game in... I don't know, over five years? <laughs> like, I mean, we could talk about the last Chargers-Chiefs game, but this one's a, a big one, potentially, for the division. 
Uh, you can kind of hold on and beat the Texans. The Chiefs have a little bit of a harder schedule going forward uh, where they I think have still to play the Bengals. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, this is the biggest uh, Chargers-Chiefs game, really, even I would go past 2018. Uh, I think there have probably been more important ones, um, but this is big. Uh, and so for me, the storyline to watch is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's 19-3 and three, uh, in the A- and divisional games in his career. Uh, the Chargers are responsible, of course, for uh, two of those losses. The Raiders are responsible for the other one. Uh, and so I don't think he is going to be too pleased. Uh, I don't think he was too pleased uh, when they matched up before and everyone had the whole Herbert thing going and that reporter was like, hey, do you you know see it when you believe it now? Uh, you know, <laughs> so I think he's kind of going to come out pissed off um, because, you know, this he wants to prove the AFC West is still his uh, and it belongs to the Chiefs and all that. So I'm very curious. I do think this dynamic is very much setting up to be a Mahomes-Herbert kind of game, especially mm-hmm. with how shorthanded both of these teams potentially are at other positions. Uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think for me, you know, this Mahomes-Herbert rivalry that we might see for the next 10 or 15 years, uh, it definitely started last year when we got uh, that, you know, first Justin Herbert game and it continued, but this is the real, you know, pretty much determining factor for who wins the division this year so definitely a lot on the line for both of those two yeah you guys are making some great points here i definitely agree that this is one of the biggest chargers games of of my lifetime i said this on sunday uh i'm still yesterday was a little rough for me after slater you know uh announced that he was positive not that he announced but that it was announced that he was positive i kind of swung full tilt and towards like this is gonna be awful today i'm a little bit more calm a little bit more optimistic um, but I, I think to me, you know, you guys are pointing it out that this is about the quarterbacks. And so one of the things that I think is going to be really interesting in that kind of regard is which defense can kind of force some turnovers, a couple stacks. You know, I think everybody's kind of making the Chiefs defense out to be this defensive juggernaut now that they have Melvin Ingram and Chris Jones is back on the inside. And I, they're definitely playing better. I don't know how much I buy them in terms of like being one of the better defenses in the league. You know, the, the, the schedule that they played is certainly questionable playing the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, playing the Dallas Cowboys without Amari Cooper, you know, playing the Raiders twice after everything that they've been through. So the chiefs defense is definitely playing better, but they have 15 takeaways in the last five weeks. And that's really kind of inflated their success on both sides of the ball. Whereas, you know, we're seeing the Chargers start to get some more takeaways on their defense, too. And so, to me, like, as simple as it is, like, this game is going to come down to who can take care of the ball and who can take the ball away. You know, if Derwin James is playing in this game, that's a huge thing, right? Because Derwin just activates so many more opportunities for pressures, for interceptions, for fumbles, everything like that. And so, the last time that these, these two played, right, you know, the Chargers had four takeaways two of which were really kind of iffy. So I'd be shocked if they got four takeaways in this one. But can you, A, protect the ball with, with your with your Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, you know, when we've seen some fumble issues there? And B, can you force Mahomes into one interception, get a couple sacks? You know, Joey Bosa, it leads the league in sack fumbles right now among edge rushers. So to me, this is about which team can win the turnover battle and really kind of give their offense some short fields because I think these offenses are really 
you know, equal in a lot of regards in the statistics in terms of, you know, per drive statistics, in terms of points per game, yards per game. So who can give your offense some short fields and who can really take advantage and make some plays on defense? Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, can they recapture that week three magic? Because they did, you know, at least three things pretty well versus Kansas City. And that they protected Herbert, they converted on fourth down, and like you mentioned, they took the ball away. And those things really aren't looking so great right now because, you know, Norton's, yeah, Norton's in, but Abushi's gone since that game. Slater is pretty sure going to be gone. The protection's going to be worse. And then, of course, the Chiefs go out and trade for Ingram. Now, Jones being potentially out does help there. But can they protect Herbert like they did last time? I don't know. You know, the Chargers are not taking the ball away as often as they were before the bye, and the Chiefs are giving it away less frequently. So that's tough. And then after starting, they started the season making nine straight fourth down conversions with their offense, not counting the the one on special teams they threw it to Campbell. Um, but they failed on seven of their last 12. So all those things that were working for them week three against the Chiefs, can they recapture some of that magic in at least two of those areas? Um, protection, and probably, protection and takeaways probably be the most important um so we'll see because those things aren't really looking hot right now yeah and i mean this also kind of goes back to the whole mahomes dynamic right uh of what's been his season because you know he is up in interceptions but a lot of those interceptions have been caused by unfortunately for him his own receivers dropping the ball um a lot of them have been off of tyree kill i think he now has five or six interceptions that have been off of his own receivers hands um so i mean that's problematic right and you even look at that denver game from a couple weeks ago that is how uh patrick sertan uh got an interception off of tyree kill dropping the ball um so when you have those opportunities and you know those opportunities quite literally fall into your hands uh then i think you have to take advantage of them and that's uh you look at the caliber of teams that the chiefs have been playing broncos don't really have an offense that's set up super well to take care of turnovers Kind of the same with the Packers without Jordan Love and Steven saying without the Cowboys without Amari Cooper. This Chargers offense, I think, if they do get turnovers, will make you pay, much like they did uh, against the Chiefs uh, in, in Week 3. So I'll be curious to see if they do get turnovers or if the Chiefs get turnovers of the Chargers, can either team sort of run away with the game uh, at yeah. that point? So I, I do think, like Steven's saying, the turnover battle is very important. Yeah, absolutely. And just kind of you know, putting a bow on this, you know, a lot of people uh, in the sports media are, are, you know, they're talking about, are the Chiefs back? Are they the Super Bowl contenders that we all thought they should be heading into the season? You know, I tend to look at kind of every season differently. What I will say about the Chiefs offense in particular, they obviously have uh, put up 41 and 48 points up against the Raiders. That's 89 points in two games. If you take away those two games, the Chiefs are averaging about 24 points per game uh, against every other team in the league. That would put them about 16th best in the league on a per game basis, just ahead of the New Orleans Saints. So uh, I don't know if the Chiefs are back. I definitely think that they are legitimate contenders because of the way that their defense is playing. And obviously, you know, they've won six games in a row. But this is a different Chiefs team, and I think part of that is kind of the offensive struggles that they've uh, had throughout the season, uh, except against the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders did everything they could to give the Chiefs that game early and off. I mean, like the first play of the game, you know, Jacobs fumbles, they take it for a touchdown. Later, a couple of drives later, Foster Moreau has a, a catch in his hands, and he it kind of drops it, but turns and chucks it to a, a DB for a turnover. Just don't give the game away. Just can't give the game away. It was 
like the reason, unfortunately, to move on from Rivers. As much as we love him, he frequently gave the game away against the Chiefs. Three, four interceptions a game in the last couple of years. It just was really rough. So can't do that. Herbert needs to be a primetime Herbert, where I think he only has, what, one interception and it was a batted pass? Yeah, I know he, uh, uh, same Galadriel, same, I hear you. Um, yeah, but I know that Justin Herbert, you know, Arjun pointed this out the other day. He's like first in EPA per play in, in primetime games by like a wide margin. So, uh, you know, you want to talk about chances to win this game and can they, you know, if Justin Herbert continues to be primetime Herbert, then of course they absolutely can. So uh, let's move on to some key matchups and X factors in this one. I think a key matchup for me, I mentioned Joey Bosa earlier. Um, Andrew Wiley has been starting for the Kansas City Chiefs at right tackle uh, for the last five games. And I apologize if you can hear my dog barking in the background. That's uh, kind of a rarity. Um, but if you go back since week eight, if you look at the players who have given up the most pressures in the league, Andrew Wiley is in the top 10. He's eighth overall with 22 pressures allowed, and he's only started five games. So he is really struggling. Of course, we know that Lucas Niang uh, could potentially come back from injury in this one. He was their starter initially. You had Mike Remmers. So the Chiefs offensive line is really, really good this year, but they have yet to figure out the right tackle spot, whether it's Wiley, Niang, Remmers, whoever it is. So for me, the key matchup for the Chargers defense is Joey Bosa versus the right tackle, and potentially you could throw Chet on Wilson in there as well. Joey Bosa has been fantastic this season. He's on pace for the most pressures of his career. He's on pace to tie his career record for sacks. Um, so he's really coming into his own lately. And I think that is the key matchup. I mentioned the turnovers. Of course, that affects things. So Joey Bosa has to have a big, big day uh, for the Chargers to win. And I think that's my key matchup of the day. Uh, my key matchup, I'm going to go with God help us all. The interior defensive line versus Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith, which is a fantastic interior that I'm very jealous of. Um, you know, obviously, obviously Justin Jones did not play the last time these two teams met, so that would help. Um, back in the old, you know, Eric Banks is a thing days. Uh, but the Chargers, or excuse me, the Chiefs, two reasons you want to focus on the interior defensive line. One, you know, obviously the Chiefs aren't a great rushing team, but you still duh, have to stop them early to make it easier on, on the defense and the pass rush. And then B, watching the Chiefs, you can hear my dog too. So it's apparently a dog day today. Uh, you know, watching the Chiefs go after the Broncos on Sunday Night Football on their first drive, they went to a, a lot of quick game. I don't watch the Chiefs all that often, so maybe it's just different because of the game. But considering the coordinator similarities, I'm curious, you know, how things will look for the Chiefs in this game. Um, but they were going a lot of quick game, a lot of RPO play action, and just working that middle of the field. I assume Denver was taking, you know, everything away deep. Um, but just on their first drive, they had five or six passes that went in between the hashes that game. So, you know, Mahomes, you know, average of the target in that game was the second lowest of the season. So just try to get your hands up, make Mahomes hesitate, stop the run, make him throw the ball away. Mahomes leads the league in throwaways with, which I'm sure are good decisions, um, with 40. And the next closest person is Rodgers with 25 and Herbert has 17. So make him throw that ball away. Make it a little bit easier on yourselves. Please, like Jerry Tillery, for the love of God, <laughs> have a good game. And you've he's done it before against the Chiefs. So I think he yeah. can do it. Um, but this is a very good interior that he has to face. Yeah, um, I think uh, my key matchup for this game is just going to be the Chiefs pass catchers against this Chargers secondary. Um, I think, relatively speaking, you have the Chargers secondary play pretty well last time um, against the Chiefs. 
and you know just sort of containing their weapons obviously takeaways were a big part of that sure. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey didn't really do that great uh you had Tyree Kill who had five uh, receptions for 56 yards last time um Travis Kelsey did do uh pretty good but they sort of kept him in between the hashes that game um did have 100 yards uh, but you kind of take that where you can get it, especially with Tyreek's production being a little bit down in that game. Um, but then you look at the uh, very next game and you had Tyreek Hill against the Eagles uh, with 186 yards. So, I mean, he's someone who is uh, sort of a little bit streaky, doesn't necessarily have consistent production. Um, but uh, I think he's someone where if you can take Tyreek Hill out of the game, you have a pretty decent chance of winning. Um, and we've seen the Chargers kind of do that with Michael Davis before or uh, last game against the Chiefs. Tavon Campbell was on him uh, in spurts. Not sure how that's going to go, you know, 11 weeks later with how we've seen Tavon Campbell play, unfortunately. Uh, a little less confident than maybe he was earlier in the season. So um, that's definitely something to watch. And then I think, yeah, whether Derwin James can play in this game is going to be huge because of Travis Kelsey. Um, and if Derwin James can play, then I'm not too concerned with it. If Michael Davis kind of has to split duties between helping out whoever is going to be covering Travis Kelsey and, you know, his responsibility responsibilities, potentially with Tyree kill, then I think that gets a lot murkier and you can sort of create a scenario where the chiefs carve up the chargers a lot easier. So, uh, for me, it's about what the chargers can do with, uh, those two particular receivers and whether they can kind of continue Travis Kelsey's cold streak or whether he's going to kind of heat up and eat them alive again, <laughs> um, which is not something they want to do. Uh, and I do not think they want unleashed Tyreek Hill either. So for me, that's really going to determine whether or not the Chargers uh, kind of win this game. Yeah, we absolutely need to see good Michael Davis and good Chris Harris this week, um, especially if Derwin James is out. So uh, you know, if Chris Harris really was hurt and really does come on December, then this is going to be the game where we see if that's legit or if he was just kind of putting smoke up everybody's ass. So um, let's get to some X factors. Tyler, who are you going to bring up here for the X factor? I'm going to bring up Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> um, if, if that's really a thing, if Chris Sember or go. Harris Sember, whatever is a thing, we had Phil Sember. Uh, now we're ready for Chris Sember, whatever that is. Hopefully it's a good thing. Uh, we hear that he heats up in December and that he was injured. So both things, uh, he's no longer injured apparently because he had a good game and it's December. So in, in theory, this should be great. This should be a really good game for him. This is kind of basically why they brought him in. And I, I actually thought when they first played the Chiefs last year, in that second week, Chris Harris Jr. did a pretty good job against, against the Chiefs, except for the one you know phenom play that was just almost uncoverable. Um, so if he continues to play well, which he has the last couple of weeks, they have a shot. I mean, somebody needs to step up at this point. I don't really know if it's Campbell, you know, the guy who forced two fumbles last time. Um, you know, Alohi Gilman who had the interception. He's out, uh, I believe. Um, and he's the guy who had the interception last time to kind of ish seal the game. Um, Mark Webb is out. So somebody has to step up. There's a couple of guys sure that can do it. Asante Simla Jr. coming back is a big deal. But yeah, Chris Harris Jr., he's the X factor. If he plays well, they could win and hold the Chiefs. If he doesn't, then it'll be like a lot of the weeks we've seen this year where they don't look good in, in coverage. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, the X factor is kind of going to be the other injuries that we have on the roster outside of Rashawn Slater's uh, COVID-19 situation. Uh, so we do know Keenan Allen is going to be coming back, but we really don't know uh, on the statuses of some other players. Asante Samuel could go still currently in the concussion protocol. We'll see what happens with that. Derwin James, as I mentioned when talking about Travis Kelsey, that, you know, I think you really need to have both of those two players to have a good chance to beat the Chiefs, much like they had both Asante and Derwin in their week three win. Um, and Austin Eckler, uh, what's his status? I'm not sure, but I think that you kind of need probably at least a 75% Eckler uh, to kind of get you through this game and, and give that Chiefs defense some more things think about some more problems although it already is helpful that Keenan Allen is coming back and, and while Rashawn Slater can technically still play um, it, it's more than likely that he'll be out so for me aside from the Rashawn Slater thing it's all about those three chargers talking about Asante Samuel Derwin James and Austin Eckler and whether they're able to give it a go or not and then in addition to that what kind of percent are they feeling right now um, because I think if you have at least two out of those three, the two out of three of those guys over, you know, kind of 90% recovered from their injuries, then you're good. If it becomes apparent that Derwin is still a little hobbly coming back from the hamstring, if it becomes a little, you know, uh, concerning that Austin Eckler is still a little light on that ankle, then I think uh, it, that could become a real problem for the Chargers, both offensively and defensively with how many variables are kind of, in the injury report this week outside of the COVID situation. Yeah, we got a Chiefs fan in here. So uh, that's fun. Appreciate you uh, supporting the show. Um, for what it's worth, Kaiser White did say today in his press conference that he thinks that Derwin James will be back. Uh, again, not, nothing official there, but, you know, something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, my X factor is going to be someone that's been uh, X factor for time before. Uh, unfortunately, the man was inactive the next day after, and that's Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty, the Chargers rookie tight end, uh, played a season-high 31 snaps this past week, and a lot of that is due to kind of the game script, game script being a little bit more run-heavy. But if there were ever a uh, an important game for a blocking tight end to have, it would be the game that you don't have Rashawn Slater because you have Trey Pipkin. So, uh Trey and Rashawn have really kind of joined up on some good combo blocks recently. Trey McKitty's, you know, uh, really come into his own as a run blocker. Uh, of course, the 88 helps, but now when I watch him, I do really see like a legitimate, you know, uh, Virgil Green kind of player. And I think this is a really important game because I expect this team to kind of lean into, you know, quick passing game as well as kind of max protect looks and, and the run and the rushing attack. You know, there are a lot of different ways you can help out a struggling offensive tackle situation. And a lot of that is running the football, quick passing game, max protect. And so that means that Trey McKitty is going to be on the field quite a lot in this one. We have seen him struggle a little bit, particularly against the Vikings. He had a rough day, um, but, you know, he's been coming into his own recently. And I think we need to see Trey McKitty perform well again. Uh, as he looks to help out Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton uh, on the edges. Yeah, that's a good call. Daniel Popper called him their best inline blocking tight end. I think he's at least their most natural at doing that. I don't know if he's the best yet, but you obviously watch the blocking. Um, I'll keep talking, but uh, do you agree? Do you think he's the best inline blocking tight end they have? 
I think it's Parham right now. I, okay. I, I think that I would also agree that uh, McKitty is the most natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they they prefer to have Anderson as kind of the H back fullback type, or you know, the, they'll leak him and pull him across the formations. Uh, but that at the point of attack, it's slowly becoming McKitty. But Parham, he, he's just so big and strong out there that I, I'm I'm still leaning there. But McKitty is definitely coming into his own. Uh, and then they'll need both of those tight ends to have uh, good days blocking. Uh, and you could certainly make an argument for Parham as a receiver too. I've just done that like seven times on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do both from blocking and as a receiver um, because we've sort of been seeing this dynamic where Jared Cook's snaps have been going kind of slightly down uh, recently. Yeah. I think he prior, more towards the beginning of the season, he was definitely a guy that was playing 50 plus 60% of uh, snaps most of the time. Now uh, in this most recent game, uh, he had 44% of the snaps on offense, Donald, uh, Donald Parham with 41, Steven Anderson, 24. Uh, and of course, Dream Kitty with 46 um, primarily with that blocking role. But I think you're kind of starting to see the transition of Jared Cook sort of being phased out of tight end one. Um, I'm not going to go quite that far yet to say he's not anymore, but it does seem to be much more of a rotation than uh, a group that has, you know, one TE one, let's say. Yeah, I I think that's a fair assessment right now. And Jared Cook uh, has not been great. So, uh, you know, rightfully so getting a uh, significantly lower uh, workload. Um, all right, let's get to some bolt predictions here. Of course, this is when we kind of go out on a limb. Although, looking back at my prediction last week of winning by more than two touchdowns, I don't really know how bold that really was. But for this week, I mentioned the tight end earlier. I mentioned Donald Parham. I mentioned how I think this is kind of going to be a quick game, maybe reminiscent of the Philadelphia Eagles game plan. So I think we see Donald Parham over 60 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, that, of course, would be his career high in terms of yards. Uh, I do think it's going to be a big tight end week in general. Uh, and I think Donald Parham has a big one this one, a big game in this one. All right. I'm not going to make it three weeks in a row or make a joke about the backup running backs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, ooh, bold prediction, Mike Williams, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Ooh. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good prediction. Mike Williams always goes off against the Chiefs. Last time he had, what, like 120 yards and two touchdowns. So, like, there's always that possibility. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've sort of hit on my predictions the last two weeks. I had the Jalen guy in touchdown. I did say Jared Cook 50 yards and a touchdown. He got eight yards and a touchdown. So, (laughs) he at least got the touchdown. He got the touchdown part of it. So, 50-50 for me. Um, I'll take a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think if you're kind of looking on offense, I don't know if there is a ton of like boldness I could say, but I'll say for now, bold prediction Tyreek Hill held 50 yards or under. Um, that is going to be my bold one. They held him, uh, to I think 54, like I read last time. I think that Travis Kelsey might be more the target because uh, of just the Chiefs trying to kind of naturally get him out of that slump. And I think the fact that Michael Davis and Tavon Campbell have shown the ability to keep up with Hill. So 
Um, Lord, do not have Chris Harris on Tyreek Hill at any point in this game where that prediction <laughs> might go to waste pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. But I will say Tyreek Hill, 50 yards or under. I like it. I like that. All one. right, wait, I want to do a couple of a couple of different ones here. Okay. One, who is the running back three? And two, over under Trey Pipkins, six pressures allowed. Uh, uh, Kelly six... is the RB3. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say just over six pressures. And yeah, Josh Kelly is the RB3. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying over two. I, I know everybody's kind of like, everybody seems to be a little bit to talking more about Melvin Ingram ahead of this matchup. And I get that the revenge factor is definitely something that I'm a little worried about, but Frank Clark is top 10 in pressures uh, since they got Melvin Ingram too. So Frank Clark is really kind of doing the same thing as uh, Chris Harris in the sense that he was injured and now he's playing hot or whatever. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about that matchup. I know some people are saying that like, you know, Trey Pipkins played really well last time they played the chiefs and all that stuff. And, uh, it's Trey Pipkins, so I'm going over. Uh, I mean, I I think there's just the natural inclination of people wanting to talk themselves into Trey Pipkins and the fact sure. he could work and rah-rah Thursday night. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I see some people posting like, you know, actually Justin Herbert had his best rookie season with Albertron Slater. So, you know, maybe the Chargers just don't need to tackle. It's like, uh, well, that's a little bit of a... Other than the play miss Lincoln, how is everything, you know, going? And uh, I, yeah, he, they were two hundred <laughs> nice. pressures allowed on the offensive line last year. Uh, so, um, yeah, let's try not to get Herbert killed. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, keeping him upright would be interesting. I, although I'm curious how they'll approach this game from a passing standpoint. Because, yeah, against the Eagles, they went like quick passing game. That made a lot of sense. I think they could do that here. But... Against the Broncos, they ran a lot more play action. They tried to put it to deeper mm-hmm. a lot more than I would have guessed. A against that defense, and B with Senor Calamete at left guard, and they've and they've obviously committed to that play action and to pushing it a little bit more deep the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious what their game plan ends up being, and that really will play a factor in this over under. Yeah, absolutely. I just think from a management standpoint, it's a little easier to, you know, deal with a guard injury than it is, you know, going from Rashawn Slater to Trey Pipkins. Of course, you could do some more max protect situations. And I do expect them to do that. You know, that's become a, a good staple of, of their offense and rightfully so with Justin Herbert in his arm. Um, but I, I think, you know, the, the easiest way is just kind of embrace the rushing attack and embrace quick passing game uh, and things like that. Uh, Juan Gonzalez wants to know what's the contingency plan if Pipkins gets pulled at that point, I would assume Brendan Hymas. I don't know. You know, that's, that's kind of the emergency plan. Um, you know, maybe send you yeah. comes in and you kick Matt Filer out the left tackle, but, yeah. uh, either way it's, uh, not good. Yeah. It seemed like they knew that Filer was not their primary option, but it was an option. So I think it's going to be Filer left tackle Hymas at left guard. They've, clearly said the Hymas is not even kind of playing tackle for them. He's only going to be a guard for them. Yeah. Could be left guard, right guard, but he's only going to be a guard for them. So I do think if Pipkins go down, goes down, it's Filer to left tackle, Hymas to left guard, which I can live with that. Yeah, there is that. Uh, I forget his name, but he's the tackle from Stanford. Um, Foster, I think is his first name. He is Sarah. in the practice squad. Yeah, so I mean, you could activate him, I guess. 
and I kind of see. I don't really know. Maybe we activate Ryan Hunter instead. But, you know, they'll obviously have to do something because Rashawn Slater won't be playing or likely won't be playing, I should say. All right. It is that time of the show where we get to our league-wide picks. Uh, before we do that, Alex has an ad about ExpressVPN. And then Alex can uh, update us on the standings as well. Yeah, uh, the uh, GAC prediction standings are brought to you by expressvpn.com slash guilty, where you can go get your three-month free trial of a VPN to go watch uh, all of the international game pass and all of the Netflix and the Hulu that you want on international game pass. You could actually just rewatch that whole Chargers drubbing of the Giants in all of its glory before we probably get dropped by the Chiefs because of Trey Pipkins. But you can look at the bright side and go look at all those highlights because, man, was that Herbert throw fun. Anyway, the standings are brought to you by expressvpn.com slash guilty, where you can go get that three-month free trial. But Steven is in first place because he swapped records with Tyler. Uh, he went 2-1 and one last week, so better that's good. I think everyone Ooh. actually went 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh. Me and Tyler both went 3-0. and oh. Steven went 2-1, and one, so good week for everybody involved. Steven is at 29 nine and 13 i am at 28 and 14 tyler is now at 21 and 21 so he's still a little bit behind but... i feel like that's steven's record at 500 no <laughs> yeah, way you, you, I did it you got him. steven's record at 500 because of a three and a week yeah you got good him job. you got him back you got him back over water so that's good but again you can go to expressvpn.com slash guilty but i am going first this week uh and i have prepared for this segment i think there we go uh so let's see i will be taking um the gimme this week the cardinals over the lions uh i mean they just lost to the rams and also it's the lions uh i i don't think they're going to beat the 10 and 3 cardinals but if they do uh i will delete this video so it doesn't exist on youtube <laughs> uh anyway i will also take the bills over the panthers uh the bills are just due for a win they've had a string of kind of heartbreaking losses and i just can't see the panthers team in this current state with no quarterback beating the buffalo bills uh and uh i said that i uh prepared i prepared those two picks but i have not prepared my upset pick um so does someone want to tell me the line on eagles football team uh the eagles are favored by five Ooh, that's that's so right. Maybe Vegas thinks that Taylor Heineke will not be playing. Probably. Eagles are coming off of a bye as well, though. So I may want to stay away from that one. Uh hmm. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of great material. Is this the one you prepared for? <laughs> no, well, I prepared the first two picks, and then I'm like, shit, the upset pick. I have to, I, <laughs> I have to get the upset pick going. Okay, I'm going to assume the Patriots are favored over the Colts. Uh, the Colts are favored. <sighs> Come on, Colts by one and a half. Colts by one and a half. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that makes life easy. I'll take the Patriots over the Colts. Uh, so I will take the Patriots in an upset. I will take the Cardinals over the Lions, and I will take the Bills over the Panthers. 
Hey, good job. All right, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, 49ers playing some really good ball this week uh, lately uh, since George Kittle has returned from injury. That man has been uh, a monster. So uh, next I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the New Orleans Saints. You didn't take that one, did you, right? You said Cardinals was your first one? Yes. All right, so I'm taking the Buccaneers over the Saints. And then upset pick. Um, let's go. Oh, definitely not taking the Texans. My gosh. You don't want in on the two and 11 urban bowl. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, not taking the New York teams. I'll take the Chicago bears over the Minnesota Vikings as my upset pick. Uh, I picked the Justin Fields fighting Justin Fields a few weeks ago. It didn't work out. That's really kind of the only upset pick that I feel comfortable with at this point uh, because you never know which Minnesota team is going to show up. Um, So I'm going to go Bears over Vikings as my upset pick. Can you repeat your selections for me again, please? (laughs) Yeah, so I took uh, the Niners over the Falcons, Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers over the Saints, and then the Bears over the Vikings. Okay. So nobody took Packers over Ravens, right? No. no. So I'll take that one, especially because the Ravens might be without a quarterback. Um, and then no one took Rams over Seahawks yet? No. no. So I will take that one, although that's looking a little bit more iffy these days. Yeah. Um, and then for the upset, I'm very tempted to go Raiders over Browns. because Oh, my gosh. <laughs> The this Browns are out of a roster guy. at some point, though. <laughs> like they're running out of players at some point. I think the Raiders could potentially pull it off. Um, I'll go with the Bengals over the Broncos. Yeah, I, I thought about doing that one as well. Um, but the Bengals are so up and down, and they're in Denver. But I, I think that's probably – if if I were going third, I feel like that's probably the pick that I would make as well. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. Hopefully, I can stay over five hundred. Um, so, uh, so uh, Stevens in the lead. What's his record? Twenty nine and thirteen. I'm twenty eight and fourteen. So I'm a game Ooh. back. Uh, and Ooh. yeah, Tyler's back at five hundred. So he only needs probably a few more weeks to go catch Steven. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> if we count postseason, maybe I'll catch up. There we go. There we go. So for those who are uh, new to the show, we have a bet placed on these picks where. Uh, whoever wins gets a jersey from the other two. So it's uh, going to be a fun one. All right. Alex picks all the gimmies. He does. Well, I feel like some, I feel like a lot of, I feel like each of us got four, two gimmies this week. This week. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Last week was a lot tougher. Look, I, I only go first every three weeks. I have to take advantage of uh, taking yeah. all the gimmies. Give me Cardinals over Lions. And if I curse the Cardinals, then, well, then I'll just jump off the bridge. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to our actual Chargers predictions here. Uh, who wants to go first? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I a, a lot depends on who shows up, and usually we wait till Thursday. Today is Tuesday, um, so they did, did technically have two practices logged. It's more yeah. of an estimation. So <sighs> I think that the Chargers do get this done. I'm assuming mm-hmm. Allen returns. I'm assuming James returns and that Eckler is like, you know, 80%, maybe not full, but can log enough snaps. 
I'm assuming that Slater is not there, and I'm assuming that Jones is also not there for the Chiefs. And I do think that the Chargers will sweep the Chiefs at this point. I do believe in primetime Herbert, um, especially, especially if Keenan Allen is back. And I do believe this could signal the beginning of something new. So not that the win in week three didn't already do that, but I think they can really cement um, you know, what this franchise is going to be moving forward with the win. Um, so I think on a short week, being able to stay at home, um, and the offense kind of clicking right now. I think they do it. I'm have the Chargers winning 30 to 27. Wow. I uh, I did not see that one coming. But uh, to be clear, Keenan Allen was activated off the COVID list. He will be back from the COVID list. And I assume that he plays. So how much he plays, we'll have to see. Um, I'm kind of on the side with Tyler here. Because like <laughs> I said yesterday, I went like full tilt the other way. But I kept on looking at that primetime Herbert graphic that uh, Arjun posted. And really, that's that's my only reason. I think Justin Herbert is going to outdo Patrick <laughs> that, Mahomes yeah. in this mm-hmm. one. That really is what it comes down to to me. I trust Herbert more to take care of the football than I do Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and I definitely understand that a lot of his interceptions have come from, you know, like it hits the receiver first. But some of that is also Patrick Mahomes. Like the interception that sure. Asante Samuel Jr. had in week three that was patrick's fault like yeah it hit the receiver in the hands but that no look bullshit to a player who's not used to that like that that bit him in the ass so i trust herbert to not turn the ball over more than i do trust mahomes to not do that um i think this is going to be a little lower scoring Uh, i'm definitely not taking the over in this one but i think the chargers can manage to win and and do just enough on offense uh, despite Rashawn Slater likely being out. Uh, so right now I'm feeling Chargers 24, Chiefs 23. Chargers end it on a, on a last-minute field goal or touchdown. Fuck you guys for leaving me on Pessimism <laughs> Island. I thought we you were all the on the same. I thought we were all on the same page yesterday, and then you come on the show and do the, oh, actually, fuck you guys. Anyway. I changed my mind, man. It happens. Not allowed to do that. Anyway, uh, I think that the, uh, I, I think the Chiefs win this game. Unfortunately, um, I just don't see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes getting swept. Um, I think if Slater was playing in this game, my pick would probably be different. But I do have the Chiefs thirty to twenty-four. Uh, I think the Chargers will keep it relatively close. I think the Chiefs' offense is kind of clicking right now, and the Chargers now having Eckler hurt, uh, and you know the the Slater thing that's kind of uh, still going to rear its head. Sure. That is a problem. Um, I still think the Chargers can get this done, and I would not be shocked if they did. Um, because look, like I said at the beginning of the show, they have Justin Herbert, who is a, you know playing like a top five quarterback and can can win the games. Chargers they're not supposed to win, but at the same time, I just think the Chiefs are too good um, to lose two games to the Chargers in a season that hasn't been done with this you know Reed um, Holmes regime. I'd love to see the Chargers get it done, but the Slater thing, as well as the health concerns with other players that will play in this one makes me a little bit iffy about picking the Chargers, even if the Chiefs are missing Chris Jones. I also just think Mahomes is the kind of quarterback that's just going to win this game uh, a little bit by himself in a sense, um, because I just, 
I don't see him losing to Herbert twice yet, but hopefully I'm wrong, but I will take the Chiefs 32-24. What I will say is if Chris Jones plays and Rashawn Rashawn Slater doesn't, then I will swing the other way back again. Um, So I I think Jones going on the COVID list definitely uh, is a big feather in the cap for the Chargers if he's really not able to play um, because that really is, is a huge loss there. The, the good news is, is they've already taken care of business at Arrowhead. So even if they lose, like it's yeah. a solid start, like beating them in Arrowhead. And if this game is close, feels good. Yes, yeah, dad, I mean, my dad is commenting, beat the Chiefs. We, they will. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, they also have the game in hand with the Bengals, right? I mean, they're a full game up on the AFC wildcard right now. So like, while this is a must win game for the division, if they want a chance to that, it's not necessarily yeah. the end of their playoff run if they if they do lose. So I, I do think having those AFC wins is big. And, of course, they play the Texans next week, which is, is kind of a free win in and of itself. Uh, so yeah. I do think it's, you know, uh, would be a great win to have, of course, uh, and signal that change that Tyler was talking about. But Chargers can also still make the playoffs, even if they don't. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, if you're... Uh, into the ESPN FBI and the analytics of, of that kind of thing. Um, you know, Seth Waller did point out, you know, their projections uh, have the most common projection as the Chargers is the five seed. So that kind of uh, would entail them potentially losing this game and then winning their last three games. Um, and so I think that's totally a possibility. I think their playoff chances uh, on football outsiders, are, I think, are above 75 right now. So the Chargers can still be a very successful team and have a successful season if they lose this game. Uh, but, you know, if they win, man, that's potentially a two seed, maybe a one, depending how things go. Uh, just a huge game overall. But I totally understand where Alex is coming from. And again, yesterday when the news came that Rashawn Slater was on the cover list, I was full tilt, man. I was full. They're going to get smashed. There's zero chance. Uh, but just, you know, I think you come back to reality a little bit with uh, the news that Chris Jones isn't playing and just kind of how good Justin Herbert has been recently. Yeah. I, listen, w- one of us or two or one of us is going to be wrong. <laughs> and yeah, I, I might wake up on Thursday and, and change it depending on who's actually playing. If James is out, you know, and if actually yeah, they, they say that he's going to be on a snap count, then it's like, then no, I, I can't pick the chargers, but assuming everyone's good to go, that I think is going to be good to go. I still, I'm going to stand by that. I think they can do it. The magic number has really always been 24 for the Chargers. As long as they score more than 24 or hold the Chiefs to less than 24, they can win. So 25, 24.2. Figure out that. <laughs> I don't know. Get your extra points, Hopkins. And for the sake of the Chargers in the show, I hope I'm wrong. And statistically, I've been the most wrong in these game picks. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think that that's fair. So hopefully I've given them a little bit of a reverse jinx. Yeah, it brings a little balance to the show. I think it, you know, creates more uh actual analysis since all of us are not you know super giddy about the chargers and you know blowing out the chiefs kind of thing so uh, i always appreciate that about alex so um like i said last time tyler and tyler and i will not be uh doing a live show right away alex is going to do some of his final thoughts right after the game um and then tyler and i will do a, a live recap on friday of course, have a wedding. Tyler's going to see Spider-Man. Uh, if any of you spoil Spider-Man for me, I will be so, so upset. So don't share spoilers. Don't be that guy. 
Yes, this is a Chargers podcast, but now we're talking about Spider-Man. So uh, some of us don't get to see it on Thursday or Friday. So don't share spoilers. And uh, anyways, that's my. Yeah, I just I just hit the chat from my screen. Thank you for setting us up for that one. So I hit the chat. If someone says something, I'm not going to see it. So yeah, really excited about this Chargers game. Excited to see Spider-Man once I am am able to for sure. Uh, Alex, Tyler, final thoughts before we head out for uh, for the rest of the night. Not really. Just see you not at all on Thursday. I hope for a good day and see you guys sort of on Friday. Yeah, um, I probably won't be seeing you guys on Friday because I have to leave a foreign country and then come back to the United (laughs) States. Uh, So I hopefully will be seeing you guys on Thursday, provided my body provides me the resources to uh, stay up. Uh, So I will take as (laughs) as much and as many substances as I need uh, to try to stay up for that Chargers Chiefs game and run on the adrenaline of hopefully a Chargers win. Uh, So... Uh, yeah, no, that is, uh, that's all for me and I will be back stateside soon. Yeah, there we go. That's a big one for Alex. I know it's been, uh, a, a fun semester down there in your first semester of med school, but you know, I would imagine that, uh, coming back to the States would be a good time for you. Uh, shout out to Tyler's dad again with another super chat says that it's a changing of the guard chargers win the division. So I think they have a good chance of doing that. Can't wait to watch this matchup. Uh, really the most excited I've been for a Chargers game since 2018. So uh, going to be a fun one to see primetime Herbert against primetime Mahomes, uh, Staley versus Reed. Lots of storylines in this one. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show, and we'll see you next time.